for 13 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Over three decades. We need to change that. I feel good till I hear that, and I always feel so old. I can remember the first day I was in this studio. Michael Dixon, the, the uh, producers of the station, said, Michael, get this guy on air and see, see if he, he's any good. So Michael, Michael pummeled me with questions for about three minutes. Seemed like four hours. <laughs> so we've been here all that time talking about your house, your home, your castle, and your cabin. We're here every Saturday morning to talk to you about things you're trying to tackle or things that you're perplexed about concerning your house, home, castle, or cabin. Maybe you have a project you'd like to start. Give us a call, one 767 4348 My wife, of 43 years, sweet Jennifer, will pick up the phone, get your name, we'll get you on air, have your question aired um, across all of Arizona for all of our listeners to hear it, and we'll do the very best we can to put our 50 years of home building and remodeling experience to work for you. When I say we, it's me, Rosie Romero, my son, Romy Romero, and of course, we've got our broadcast engineer, Mr. Gary D. And, uh, Gary, if you run a show this week, like last week, I will hand you your pink papers on Monday morning. (laughs) You manage to air every single question of the show, and it stumped me. I I don't like being stumped once a year, much less four times a show. Wow. (laughs) And how many many answers did we get? Was it something like hundreds of answers on this one? when When I am stumped. And uh, that, that goes back to the advice Jennifer gave me when I started this show. Don't be a know-it-all. If you don't know, uh, let's just do some research and start building the data. So we have at rosieonthehouse.com, we've taken every question we've ever been asked on air. Uh, I don't know, Romy, do the math. What's 34 years times 52? 1,600 shows? Uh, and most of the time we were two or three hours, so 3,200, 4,800 hours of broadcast. All those questions have been answered and posted at rosieonthehouse.com until last week. Ay, ay, ay. We were hit. We were big time stumped. Stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going We broadcast that sound over the entire state of Arizona last week. I sent that recorded sound to every contractor that's a Rosie certified contractor in the state of Arizona. And we have a builder and a homeowner who's living with that constant sound throughout their house all hours of the day. We absolutely got flooded 
with ideas. We got how many different ways were people responding? They were responding on Facebook, text, email, emails. Holy cow! Uh, and and a week has gone underneath our belt, and we still do not have a definitive answer. Although we've of, of the hundreds of responses we've gotten, uh, I mean, it's like taking over a whole new energy for the for the office this week. Of the hundreds of responses we've got, we're we're dialing it down. So, Gary, would you be able to pot that up one more time? I threw an offer out there for the person that solves this noise dilemma for this particular homeowner in this particular builder up in the carefree area. You will win an Arizona staycation. You tell me what this sound is. New build home, correct? New this build. This is a new build. New here, build. Here we go. And I would say don't call the show right now because we've got other calls loading up with people who would like to ask questions. But if that sound, if you can identify that sound occurring throughout the house, not isolated in any one particular area, throughout the house, if you can identify it, Romy, you want them to text you? You want them to email or just you? just email info at rosieonthehouse.com. And in the subject line, put mystery sound. Because we're, we're, we're quickly carving and isolating all those to one side. Um, so we can sort out all the other hundreds that we get all week long. Full disclosure, this is not like the mystery sound contest and we know the answer and you could win a prize. We don't know what this is. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for clarifying that. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's get to the to the topic of the week. Uh, and let's see if let's see if we can get some callers on here, Gary, of, of questions of answers I can answer. Okay, I would appreciate that. We're gonna talk today a lot about painting. It's actually our topic for the entire month. Have you ever um, challenged yourself to change a color in your home? You know, all through the 60s, when I first got into construction, 69, 70, uh, got my driver's license in 72, uh, everything. And I mean everything we built was Navajo white. You You only had a choice of flat, or semi-gloss, but it was all Navajo white, everything. And then somebody got brave and painted a wall blue or bold blood red. And we all started asking ourselves, why didn't we do this a long time ago? So as homeowners got braver, um, paint companies got more idiotic. Uh, There's no longer one white there's 47 different whites now that guy should be hung <laughs> when that guy should be hung the, the pendulum <laughs> swung the other way oh boy did it man oh man oh man how do you go about selecting your color we had some experts in the office this week from sherwin williams and arizona paint company and we just visited with them about okay what happens on that first visit when a homeowner calls you for an estimate for a repaint, do you even do you even bring a color fan deck? Do you talk about color? If they just want a repaint, do you introduce the idea of introducing some color into the house? I just think it makes such a huge impact. And the, even the mood it sets. 
But boy, if you're like one tent off, it can be the surprise of your lifetime. <laughs> so how do you select paint colors when you're opting to repaint a house? We'll be talking about that more and more and more. Let's see if we can go to the phones because we do have people piling up. We'll stay on the issue of paint, but we'll also talk about uh, your dilemma as well. Let's go to uh, Maricopa. Looks like he's calling from Maricopa and wants to talk about a storage shed with an HOA issue. Oh, boy. Is that BJ? This could be fun. Mr. John? Yeah, this, this, this is John. Okay. Oh, it's John, yes. What I've got, I'm wanting to build a storage shed, which we're allowed to have a couple of feet extending over the wall, but no more than two feet. And I don't want to have to duck going in my storage shed. I'm wanting to maybe dig down a few feet and have it underground partially. And I was wondering, seeing as how you're on topic of paint, what, what I would do to seal that and how I would go about doing something like that. So uh, you want a, a shed in your backyard, and you said you're going to build it, or are you going to like order like an urban shed that's delivered on site? No, I'm going to build it. Okay. I'm going to build it. Well, if you're going to sink it in the ground, there is no amount of paint. They don't make the paint that will, <laughs> that will seal up wood below grade okay and that's against code i think even on a shed uh it's just it's a bad bad idea so john what you're gonna do is you're gonna excavate and i i couldn't encourage you more you're gonna actually build everything below grade out of concrete masonry and you're gonna take it to at least 12 inches above grade before you start with your framing then you've got to really take a hard look at your surface drainage and make sure you've got that with the with the dirt you're excavating to sink that floor and put those footings in you've got to take that dirt and drain everything away from this building so that you don't fight a moisture problem if you're trying to park a drive-in riding lawnmower in there you're going to make sure the approach to it doesn't drain back in there you're going to have a world of a mess but on the topic of paint, there's no paint you can put on plywood or milled lumber that will preserve wood below grade. Do everything below grade in concrete, bring it up 12 inches above grade, put a plate on there and start your framing from there. And if you're considering doing a shed yourself, if, um, you know, whatever your reason might be, I would tell you go to Urban Shed concepts first and see what's available there because they can you can say we have sir you can custom design online and then they'll deliver it to you and set it on site you know putting a concrete slab for a portable building you know the next owner of the home might not want that there and that's that's permanent you know a, a permanent concrete slab you know it that's going to cost them a lot of money if they want to take it out and put a pool in there. Having a movable shed, and then wherever you move next, you can move the shed with you, and you don't have to reinvest that money into a building and another one. So just, and if you look there and it's not for you, fine. You still want to build it on site, fine. But I would just encourage you take a few minutes and 
check it out before you urbanshed.com before you start picking and digging that's a great great place to start collecting ideas and we've got joe and greg and a wireless caller (laughs) all with questions that we'll get to right after this short break y'all hang on Thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House. We're talking paint all this month, and this day in particular, we'd start start the conversation with painting the right paint color for the project you're trying to tackle. We had Sherwin-Williams in the office today and sat down with them and the Arizona Paint Company and just kind of talked about it. I liked my biggest takeaway from that. Well, I wouldn't say my biggest, but one neat thing is samples you used to go buy, you know, a quart, come home, mix up your paint, paint it on your walls. Well, you can get samples that are, you don't paint on. It's, you know, a piece of paper. I mean, it's it's a nice piece of paper. You just stick it on the wall and then Peel you can move it around. Because uh, as light changes, as the sun passes, uh, shadows you know, that, that color looks different all throughout the day. Take that peel and stick. Move it all around. And move it all around during all different times of day and night. Yeah, I, I really like that. I and mean, it's one of those things you're like, well, duh, why didn't we think of that 20 years ago? And there was one further point about that, too. That's a really great way to narrow it down. And then um, you would, once you think you have that color that you really like, you would buy the quart and paint it directly on the wall again and watch because then the texture of the wall actually can make a difference too. And it's a little bit different what's on the sticker than the paint itself. So you get to, it just helps you. It's one more step in narrowing down 10 cans of paint on the wall. That's right. <laughs> uh, at the Sherwin-Williams website, you can actually order 10 free uh, color chips uh, that you can kind of take a look at in person and just kind of say, okay, well, here's the two or three peel and stick sheets I'd like to order to put them up on the wall. Uh, those are $3.95 a piece. It'd be the best $3.95 you ever spent. But I'll tell you, before you order those colors, one thing you might want to do is they've got an app that you download for free, the Color Snap Visualizer. And it, it takes a couple steps, but you can actually activate the camera in your iPhone. also works for an Android Take a picture of the wall you want to paint, and then you can actually get the image. Do I want that bold red? Do I want that slightly pale rose? Do I want that mint green? Do I want it Kelly green? Do I want it black? Do I want it white? And you can just play with it for hours as it relates to the color of your furniture, your floor covering, the light that you're getting from the outside. And that visualizer free app might be a great way for you to order the chips to order. And then you'll know which peel and stick uh, sheets to order. And that's going to be a great way to narrow down and reduce the number of errors you may make in picking the wrong color. They also have on the website a place that you could choose like Pottery Barn Furniture 
and then put the color around that. So it's kind of like real. You know, it's it's really be- cheesy, but I got to say it. Yeah, there's an app for that. There's an app for that. <laughs> Let's see if we can take Joe real quick before we have to break for bottom of the hour news. Joe has a question. We're here to take your question at one 767 Good morning, Joe. Uh, good morning. Thanks. Uh, yeah, my neighbor, <clears throat> he built a, a planter on the opposite uh, a block wall, you know, on, on my next door neighbor in, in the back part of the, the house, the property, and, and and it's leaking under my block wall, you know, making puddles when he, when he waters. How can we remedy that? Not easily. It's going to have to be solved on his side of the wall to do it practically. It will require removing all of the soil he's put in the planter, washing and pressure washing the masonry wall on his side. It's, it's not easy. There, um, you are on what's called the negative pressure side. The water's seeping through to you. There's nothing you can put on that wall that will give you a permanent solution that will not lose its adhesion eventually because the moisture is going to break it loose and push it off the face of the surface. Um, it's an unfortunate situation. If your neighbor's not willing to cooperate or participate, uh, all you're going to be able to do is uh, uh, treat it with vinegar to keep it from efflorescing too bad uh, and continually be repainting it with exterior acrylic paint. I'm, I'm sorry to say, uh, if your neighbor's not willing to help you out solve this, and it's, it's, it's a pretty big process to waterproof that planter all on his side, which is the positive pressure side of the wall, is going to be the only good permanent solution. Romy, did you have time to, to play around with that visualizer paint app? A little bit, because <clears throat> that, that is the next project after we're done replacing our windows. Yes. Go behind and paint with the house. So we took a couple pictures and um, of different elevations and sides of the house and drop in different colors it's it, it's quite handy it's it, a start it, it it's a really easy start yeah just sherwin williams color snap visualizer great place to start Makes you want to jump in a Ford, a Sanderson Ford, and drive yourself across the great state of Arizona, checking it out, looking at all the hidden corners, secret places, and lovely terrain we've got in the great state of Arizona. Sanderson Ford. Man, if you're interested in taking a look at a great new or used vehicle, Sanderson Ford would be the place I'd send you. Get to their website, sandersonford.com. 2022 Bronco Sports, 2022 Edges, the Escapes, the Expedition, the Expedition Max, the Explorer, the Eco Sport, the Mustang Maquis. I mean, take a look at and the F-150. I mean, the number one selling pickup truck for 43 years in America. 
great lineup of vehicles. And for years, I've said, you know, you just drive what the locals drive because they're going to have more parts. Guys are going to know how to work on them more uh, and make them last longer. Well, I couldn't help but notice, pulling in this morning, our farmer that was in driving a 250 Ford. Oh, yeah. And around the license plate, what do you think it said? It's Anderson Ford. Anderson Ford. Ford. You see that? You see that little identity plate all over the Southwest. People don't only come from all over the state to buy at Sanderson. They come from all over the Southwest and the West to buy at Sanderson Ford. You would be doing yourself a great favor to experience the buying process that Sanderson Ford has. You can buy online. Shop the car online, get approved online, and arrange for the car to be delivered to your house. Now, what could be easier than that? I know that accommodates a lot of people, but boy, you don't get the chance to stick your head in about eight or nine different models and smell that new car smell and test drive. I was out there test driving a couple weeks ago, and I didn't leave the lot till I had taken about four or five cars around the block. That's the way I like to shop, and the people at Sanderson are so accommodating for people like me and for people like you. That's why they are America's number one winning, award-winning Ford dealership. And they're right here. And they're committed to you, your community, and this state. Sanderson Ford, 51st Avenue, just south of Glendale on Maryland. And we've got callers on line at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-888. Rosie for you. We'll continue our paint conversation, but we're also here to help you, the Arizona homeowner. So let's start with, uh, is that Greg? Wants to talk about restuccoing and repainting. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, good morning. I've been sitting here trying to figure out how to articulate this um, question. Okay. Uh, I'm on the board of a HOA community. We have 36 units. The paint, the exterior paint, has not been maintained for, it hasn't been repainted for at least 12 years or so. Okay. So there's a lot of fading. There are four by four wood beams and things like that that no longer have paint on the top. So obviously we're getting some wood uh, damage from, sure. from not having that paint. Okay. So we've received paint bids in the past. The HOA doesn't have a ton of money, but we've received bids in the past. And those bids seem to, they range from, you know, there was probably a $50,000 gap in different costs. Okay. And so my first question is when we go to tackle this project and let me just say specifically stucco uh, paint more than likely, because I think we're going to get a contractor to actually do any wood repairs that we need. Okay. Good. Good. Because the paint bids never did cover that stuff. Okay. Okay, what, where, so we need to know exactly what are we looking for in a bid. We want to make sure that they cover everything so that we don't have surprises when we go to uh, paint the exterior of the home. Yeah. And then the other idea that's been floated around, too, is the possibility of a restucco because the stucco does have cracking in it. There is peeling paint. Uh, there's a lot of those things because it has been neglected. Okay. Well, how old is the home or the homes themselves? guidance on that? Yeah. How old are the homes themselves? Okay, they're late 70s. And where are they, Greg? In central Phoenix. Okay. Well, look, um, 
you, you mentioned the HOA doesn't have a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of money to <laughs> stucco and paint. Um, I tell you what I'll do. Uh, I will thank you for listening to the show. Let, and I've got nothing to gain by this, but let me come just walk the subdivision with you and kind of guide you on the questions you should be asking each of the people that are quoting the paint. I can tell you that if your paint bids are varying by 50,000, you must be looking at paint bids in, in, in six figures, right? I mean, what are they ranging from to what? No, now this, now these paint bids were done about three or four years ago. We're going to be getting new paint bids. Okay. uh, They were anywhere from 40,000 up to 99,000. Is that per house? Okay. And that was just for paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that didn't include, like, there there were some oh. things, like, let's say there were, you know, rotted wood beams or whatever right. that were not even part of that bid. Right. They were ignoring all those. Well, uh, if if you're getting 40 to 90 to quote the painting, you're going to be about four times that to redo the stucco and do it right. So let, let me just call you now. I won't be able to get to it this next week. But I'll just come walk the subdivision with you. We'll take a look at the old quotes. I will write down the questions you should be asking whoever you're quoting it, who's ever quoting it next. And um, it's a big decision, and you've got the weight of the whole neighborhood on your shoulders as a part of the HOA decision-making process. Let me just come walk it with you. Would that be fair? That would be fair. We just did that walk around ourselves, yeah. And I think we just, you know, we think we know what we're looking at, but but then we don't at the same time. How many you know, homes? I would love your help in one fashion or another. I hate to have, you know, put you out like that, but I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I use your site all the time for referrals for everything. Okay. Well, so, thank thank. Well, then I owe you a, a thank you for that. And that's just a part of what, that's a part of what Rosie does. He just travels around all week helping people at their house, home, castle, or cabin. And I, I travel to uh, Wiki Up to take a look at somebody's house, uh, going to downtown Phoenix is going to be a problem. I'm down in Pima County all the time. And how many homes are in the HOA? Uh, there's 36. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me come walk it with you. And that $90,000 to paint 36 homes? That's 3,000 a home. That's yep, to power wash it and prep it and paint it. I, 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 that seems like a pretty, pretty fast and with the amount of, prep work it sounds like it's going to take if to they're all single story. patch the stucco and yeah. do all the and woodwork and clean and and what we'll do is i'll i'll film the walk around with greg and we'll make a youtube out of it so that other people can know what questions or answers to ask if their stucco and their wood are in similar conditions how do you pick the right paint quote okay greg we'll make a project out of this but it's going to be about 10 days or two weeks before you hear from me, I've got your number. I'll give you a call. All right. We're on the topic of picking paint colors. We've talked a little bit. Romy, you ever make a, a color mistake? Ah, uh, there's no color mistakes. Oh, okay. All right. They can always be fixed. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, I've definitely made color mistakes, that's for sure, in the past. But there was an article that you sent my way this week that I thought really was really good about things that might lead you into making mistakes and the things not to do. First and foremost, folks, 
Don't make the decision too quickly. We've got the tools now. The paint manufacturers have the tools now to allow you to see the color through chips, through uh, uh, computer applications, uh, digital applications. You can get samples of the paint, but know this. If you're looking at the peel and stick, or you're looking at the fan decks, or you're looking at the color chips, those are all produced by ink that are mixed to very closely match the paint, okay? Most people can't see the difference in their eyes. When you've got it narrowed down to one or two, go ahead and buy a quart of the actual paint and go apply it. And it's important how that's applied. And again, we're talking a lot about Sherwin-Williams. They're the largest coating company in the world. They'll actually sell you a sample kit where you get two quarts, you get a little roller pan, and you get little mini rollers. And you'll actually just go around and paint mini samples of one foot by one foot. Again, on multiple walls of the room, you're going to paint. Don't just put one sample up. You can do that of a couple samples. So don't make the decision too quickly. A job, a paint job done right takes a bit of time and a bit of prep. You don't want to finish it, as I have on several occasions, and said, uh-oh, painting rooms only at night when you're home, and then taking the plastic down, opening the window, and seeing it in the morning, and go, oops. Okay, so make don't make the decision too quickly. Another mistake is not considering the furniture or the colors that are in the house already. Are you going to change the floor covering? If you are, you better have samples of the new floor covering down when you're actually picking your paint. And even if you're not planning on flooring, there's a good chance when you get done with your paint, it's going to look so nice and new. You're going to be like, ah, we got to do something about these floors now. (laughs) Absolutely. So think ahead. Are we changing a furniture? Are we changing window valances, window shades, window coverings? Uh, Any color change we've got going on, accommodate that in your paint choice. It's also key to not, you must consider the basis of what you're painting, okay? If you've bought a home that has an accent color that's bold and dark and you want to tone it down a little bit just know don't paint the sample on that bold wall because it won't come off the same color when you're done you're going to have to prime that bold color get a couple layers of your paint sample on and even then your eye may play tricks on you it might be when you need an expert going from bold to more neutral can be very very tricky because you'll pick a color surrounded in a sea of bold colors and then once you paint the whole wall that color it doesn't end up being what you thought it would be so there's just a couple tips we picked out of an article that was published in the epoch times uh, on things not to do to make a mistake
one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie, for you, for anything you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. Rick, welcome to the program. How may we help you? Good morning. So I um I have this odd cracking noise in my house. Oh no! Um, oh no! Another mystery more- noise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So. When I notice it the most is um, when I'm in the master bedroom and I have the door closed and then, you know, you know, later that door gets opened up, you hear this cracking noise. It sounds like it's in the drywall. Um, and, and then also when you're coming in from the garage, that door that comes into the house, when somebody opens that up, I hear that noise as well. And um, so, you know, my home was built in 2018. Um, we talked with the builder. We've tried to figure things out. We actually put a vent above the uh, above the door going into the to the master, and and that's maybe helped a little bit. But I still hear this cracking noise. And then when I'm going to bed at night, and I'm you know pretty much in the corner of uh, one corner of the room in the master, um, as I as I get close to to the corner. I hear that cracking noise too. I don't know if it's the weight of me just walking over there, um, but those are the two things that that yeah, this this cracking noise is that I we just can't figure out. And and you think is it below your feet or like overhead? Well, it's, it's no, it seems like it seems like the weight of me going to that corner makes the drywall crack. It's a it's a single story home or a two story home. It's a single story. So you're walking on concrete, and your traffic pattern in that area creates a cracking sound up in the attic? Um, See, it sounds like it's in the drywall, just, just, you know, right right there. And that sound sound will occur uh, more often in the evening than in the rest of the day? Well, I get those noises as well, where you get, you know, the temperatures, right? Um, you know, go up and down, and it seems like as the house warms up. Yeah. But this is this is a different, a different thing. The the biggest one is the, as as I open up the door, in the in the master. If I'm, you know, say I'm in there, then I always go to bed before my wife does, and then she opens that door out. And it makes this cracking wakes me up. Wow, that's yeah. very peculiar. And they're they're hollow core doors, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's no weight involved in them at all. There has there has to just be something's loose. The jam is loose, and it's rubbing on the sheetrock, or the sheetrock is roughed in too close to the door jam itself. Uh, can can you grab that door jam, uh, the width of your hand? Uh, down at the bottom, at the middle, and at the top, all the way around across the top and down the other side. Is there any of that jam you could just move with your hand and rock it at all? I'm not at home right now, but I can try that. But I, I, it, I notice the noise in the, like in the, um, you know, like in the drywall. It, it seems yeah. like it's coming from the drywall. Well, there's got there's got to be some level of movement with the door jam would be my guess, or the furring or the the shim shingles back behind that are hitting or rubbing on the sheetrock. 
So mystery sound number two. I'm beginning to feel like Tim and Willie. <laughs> the old Tim and Willie mystery sound show. Remember that? They would play a secret mystery sound. sound. Yeah, secret sound. Secret, secret sound, sound, yeah. Right. I was there for that. Uh, Rick, hollow corridors operating shouldn't be making any stress impact on the sheetrock at all. At worst case, your builder seems to be cooperating and participating. It isn't going to be too hateful to ask him, could you take this door down and just rehang it? And worst case, I would take some door insulation foam, not the expanding foam that's going to put the door in a bind, but I would isolate the jam from the rough buck and from the sheetrock with foam, recase it and hang it. And man, I, I would bet dimes to donuts. That's probably going to take care of the problem for you. It's it's something simple because a 18-pound holocore door can't be causing any stress on the sheetrock. Something is rubbing, and we got to find out what. I'd start by rehanging the door and putting some insulation between the jam and the rough buck, and hopefully that will get it pinned down for you. But those evening noises with thermal expansion, those are easy to solve. That's generally the framing company uh, with OSB board, which we're using for roof deck right now, did not gap it between the sheets. And there's two sheets of OSB touching each other, which it, they should never touch each other. And in the thermal expansion, that those edges of the OSB boards rubbing sounds like the trusses are cracking. And if you can isolate as to which joint it is, we could we can solve that by just going up there with a two by four in between the two rafters and putting in a little bit of reinforcement to keep those. But you know, what you really want to do is you want to take a Dremel tool and open that gap up between the two sheets. But you want to do that without cutting the felt <laughs> on the outside of the roof and destroying your roof. So it's a little tricky, but it can be done. It's 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 actually quite a common problem. Noises. You know, there for two years ago, we were like the odor experts, solving odors all across the valley, all across the state. We we solved an odor problem in Buckeye this week for a homeowner that called us, and I got their address. I looked at their roof structure. I talked to them about what kind of waste system they were on, and how the odor was emanating, and I told them what to do. And I'm waiting for confirmation that they are now living in their home, odor-free. <laughs>